Hey, Sales Lift Nation, it's your host, Tyler Lindley. Today, I have Mike Farrell on the podcast. Hey, Mike, how are you today? I'm great, Tyler, thanks. Thanks so much for joining. Mike Farrell is the CEO of Green Leads, a company that provides B2B technology clients from startup to enterprise with meetings, lead gen, and content syndication based up in Massachusetts. And today, we're gonna be chatting a little bit about how can startup or growth stage level companies, when they're making that decision, about what to do with their sales development team. How do they stand one up initially? There's a lot to consider there. Mike, what do you think as companies are considering adding sales development as a function to their sales org, what should they be thinking about? That's a great question. And all these startup companies need to get to that point. That's what they want to get to is they're developing their product and forming their go-to-market strategy. It is a strategic part of go-to-market, but the cost associated certainly is there the talent you need to do that the internal support you need to do that the training and the tech stack i think the really important thing that some people forget is that the time and opportunity cost lost in the time it takes to do it the time to ramp people up and the potential lost opportunity if you have some bumps in the road, some failures, some some false starts. So there's a lot that goes into it. It's not just, oh, let me go hire somebody and throw them on the phone. Exactly. If you want to do it right and you want to have any kind of scale, it takes time to get there. It's interesting. You bring up that time and opportunity cost, which I feel like is not thought of as much as some of those other things you mentioned. You talked about the cost of it, the talent, the internal support, training and tech stack. Those are common things that people go to. But that time and opportunity cost is probably the biggest factor. How long should people expect for it to take to build out a function like this and have sales development start giving a good ROI inside the organization? Yeah, obviously, some of it depends on how much horsepower is put behind it budget-wise and everything from the get-go. To really get an organization, the SDR, BDR organization, whatever people want to call it, of any scale, let's call it five people. You really hit the mark when you're getting to about seven or eight. That's when you really recoup the investment. You got a full-time manager on there. Yep. And you have all the investments of the tech stack and the data and so forth and the sales enablement, the the training component of it, the training program. You're probably initially, when you start off with a handful of people, you're probably using an outside firm for training or you have some training staff in-house. How many quota carriers do you have? What's the ratio Mm -hmm. of SDRs, BDRs to a quota carrier. That's interesting. You bring up the ratio that's really important and it's probably hard to get that right. Is that something you take a best guess at, you think initially, and then you dial that in over time? Or what ratios do you see work for these startup and growth stage type organizations? I would say, I think the best practice is somewhere between one to three AEs to BDR, SDR. It depends on if your company culture is the AEs are still doing their own outbound, right? If they're just sitting back waiting for (laughs) inbound leads or the SDR to fill up their calendar, then you're going to need a one-to-one relationship or even a two-to-one, two SDRs to one relationship because those AEs salary is probably double of that of a SDR, BDR. Yeah. Going back to your original question, I would say that it could be a full 18 to 24 months to see an SDR organization mature. Yep guaranteed that you start from scratch, there's going to be bumps in the road. There's going to be turnover. And you don't have all the infrastructure initially that you want. For founders out there, they're making that call. It's let's get all these items budgeted out. And most of the clients that 
I've worked with in my career that are startups in this space, they can't wait a year. Mm. They get to that point where they say, yes, we need SDRs. Now we're ready to scale. There's market out there. We got to go get it. They can't wait that time to build it because it takes time, but they make the investment to do it. And at the same time, they go out and hire a firm to fill that gap while they're building it up. And I've seen companies that let go of the firm after they figure they got it built up. And then all of a sudden, a year or two later, they come back to the firm that they hired initially and say, we've hit some other bumps in the road or there's been a lot of turnover or whatnot. We just can't keep up with the need in terms of the revenue goals. So we have to augment what we have internally. Gotcha. So it sounds like the strategy sometimes is to both in-source, if we just make the decision we want to build out a sales development function, we can do that in-house. But in the interim, while we're going through that ramp period, Mm -hmm. they might outsource it until it gets to a certain point. So almost do both, which that decision is important as folks consider whether to fully outsource, fully in-source, maybe a hybrid model like you just talked about. What are some things they should consider as they're going through that decision? The other piece of it is what's on the other side of the SDR organization is marketing. What is the maturity level of the marketing organization in terms of driving awareness, driving leads, driving people to the website? What is the content creation infrastructure for the company? The other side of it is marketing. You can't just look at it in its own silo because the whole concept of sales and marketing have to work together. Do you find that a lot of these early growth stage companies have an established marketing function? Because that's usually something that's cobbled together at that stage of a company's evolution. I find that a CMO or VP of marketing is one of the early strategic hires. Mm -hmm. A lot of the sales efforts initially are founder led, but they'll hire a marketer and they'll start building up that marketing infrastructure. That takes time, that takes investment, and then making sure that there's synergy there. Who's following up on all those marketing leads? You got to have an SDR, either outsource it to an outsource SDR company, like mine or somebody else's, or you have that organization to start doing that. So they're generating awareness, marketing's generating awareness, and then they're doing that lead nurturing, but someone has to then then do the outreach. My organization is, is a phone first organization, but a lot of companies are doing heavy on the email outreach and lighter on the phone, heavier on the social or a mixture, the omni-channel approach. So there's a lot of changes going on, a lot of dynamics happening in the outbound world. Yeah, for sure. I'm seeing more and more companies that used to be phone first that are going to more of an omni-channel or phone second or third. It just kind of depends on the situation. Interesting, you bring up that most companies would invest in a head of marketing initially at that growth stage and our startup stage, and then the sales would be typically founder-led. When do you think is that inflection point where sales should go from being founder-led to, the founder could obviously still be involved, but there needs to be more of an infrastructure put around hiring another sales leader or hiring a senior AE to come in and potentially lead the organization eventually. What does that inflection point typically look like in the companies, these growth stage companies you work with, Mike? That's a great question, but it's it's hard to define it, I believe. They know it when they feel it. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Clearly, they get to the point where the founder can't do everything. We're wearing many hats. Initially, 
and then starting to parse off those, take those hats off and, and hire the talent to focus on a full time. But clearly, like you said, when you got a product market fit and you have to hit the gas, yep. you have to have a sales professional leader. Because at that point, you're probably going to have some additional funding. You're going to be able to go out and get that staff and scale the staff. Yeah. So then it's the infrastructure around the sales staff, not just the SDR organization. So you have marketing scaling, you have account executive sales staff scaling, your closers, and you got the prospecting engine all working together. Exactly. Ideally, working in alignment. We talk a lot about marketing and sales alignment, sales development, sitting in the middle of those organizations, making sure things go smoothly on that handoff process. It's, it's easy to say, oh, we need to be aligned, but companies miss on that. Where do you see companies falling short in that marketing, sales dev, sales alignment? Where do you see that process breaking down more often than not? There can definitely be a contention on who owns the SDR function. Yeah. Is it owned by the sales leader or is it owned by the marketing leader? If the marketing leader is the first one in, they typically own that function because they're generating the leads that have to be followed up on. And then when the sales leader is brought in, then there could be a little turf battle going on there. As long as that sales leader coming in, they got to build an organization, they got to scale. Obviously, the chief revenue officer, that title didn't exist 10 years ago, yep. 10 or 15 years ago, but that's supposed to be the person that ties in sales and marketing and even customer success into that single leader. So there's no finger pointing and really tie it all together. So that would be that whenever that point happens, maybe it's just a, a VP of sales initially or a, a couple senior sales execs, yeah. and that's how you start the sales organization. And then eventually it's a CRO. If they've gone right to a CMO, do you go right to a CRO? Right. In your opinion, do you think that there is that ideal first sales hire? Let's say you are a founder-led sales team and you're a team of one. The founder has been wearing many hats and also leading the sales organization like most founders do. And then you're making that first sales hire. Should it be an SDR? Should it be an AE? Should it be a a VP of sales or a CRO, do you need the leader in place first? Or do you need to hire multiple people at the same time? What do you see works best when you're adding to that founder-led sales team of one? There's not one answer. I think it depends on how much from a venture funding standpoint, yeah. are you A, B round? How much capital do you have? If you have the capital, you're going from a founder-led sales, you go out and get a CRO with a team of say three or four or yep. five and start. If it's like, okay, we got product market fit. It's a land grab. We got to go. Got to go fast. Then you build that sales team and then you, you would initially you would outsource SDR. Maybe you already have a couple SDRs and you need to scale it. Where are you putting your investment dollars? It's not just investment of dollars, it's investment of time and yep. energy by all the people that have to do this work. Again, that opportunity cost, you go out and hire some agencies to help you yep. in that journey, pumping the opportunities into the end. Obviously, marketing's pumping leads in too. Typically, what I see is internal SD organizations are really good at following up on marketing leads, yep. you know, leads generated by marketing. Yep. They're less focused, and let's face it, it's harder to cold call <laughs> versus following up. So you see internal teams are better at following up quickly with the marketing leads, with inbound leads. They're not as good at doing outbound themselves. That's my experience. Yeah. Why do you think that is, Mike? It depends on the culture of the company, too, yeah. and how that is built out. Whether a company's using sales loft or outreach, yeah. we use front spin, a similar. Okay. Front spin is more phone-based. Okay. It has the email and texting functionality as well, but sales loft and outreach are more email centric. So it depends on the culture of the business. And I think that's what I've seen is that most inside groups that are built inside, there's enough 
marketing leads to follow up on to keep them busy. Right. But you still need sales guys. The sales guy will say, we don't have enough pipeline. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think a salesperson's ever said, I've got too much pipeline. Yeah, I got yeah. too much. I don't want to hit overdue quota too much. I don't think I've ever heard that. <laughs> I'm a big fan of HubSpot. We're a HubSpot user. So the HubSpot thing is inbound, drive yep. inbound leads. But you know what? You still got to go outbound. Right. You got to do both. Yeah. Exactly. There's no one silver bolt. You got to do both. Exactly. And it sounds like it depends. Should you insource or outsource sales development? Who should you hire first? It depends on, it sounds like that product market fit, how much traction do you already have? How far down the hill is the ball already rolling and is marketing already generating some of those inbound leads? Because that might dictate who should you bring on and who should be that next hire after the founder. Because if there's not a lot of leads, you might need to go outbound. You might need to do it quickly. Or if there is a lot of inbound, maybe that does impact that decision. What do you think there, Mike? Does it depend on the level of inbound you have coming in? Is that really one of the key data points that you should consider as to how you should build out your sales org? Yeah, clearly that's one data point. But then what's the average deal size? What's the contract value? That's an economics indicator that do you need 500 new clients yep. to hit your sales goals quarterly, annually, wherever you are? Or do you need 50? I'm a metrics guy. Give me the KPIs. What are the goals? I'll work backwards. Yep, exactly. What are the sales goals? We have to close this much. All right, so we need to have this much in pipeline. What's our conversion rate from pipe to close? And then if I need this many deals in pipeline, okay, well, then how many appointments do I need yep. to create that many deals? It's all a cascading. You can work backwards from your goal. So it just works all the way back. You can figure out how many sales reps you need, how many SDRs you yep. need, what kind of leads, what kind of activity you need on the marketing side. It could just, and if marketing's generating 50% of it, yep. good. That means you have to fill the gap of the other 50%. How are you going to do that? Is that going to be outbound? And do you have to engage with another firm or can yep. you scale up your SDR team yep. to fill that gap? And how quickly can you scale it? I've seen SDR organizations where there's an SDR organization that just does marketing leads. And then there's one that does outbound. Yeah. Cool call. That makes sense. What other words of advice would you have for these revenue leaders, these founders who are trying to think about some of these things and building out a sales development organization? Any other words of advice you'd have for those folks, Mike? To build it from scratch, it's tough. There's going to be turnover. There's going to be bumps in the road. Don't short invest on training. Know what your profile is. Do you want to go get experienced people or do you want to go get the college grads? If you get the college grads, that can be a great minor league system for growing yep. your AE team. You got to look at it in the long view. You got to take the long view, but you have to invest in those people. You got to invest in the training of those folks yep. or get a good training partner to do that. Right. There's some great training firms out there that will do that. Yep. You have to make those decisions early on. What's that profile? And then knowing what your inbound leads are, is that going to be enough to hit our goals that the board is setting? Where are you going to fill that gap? Those are some, in that time, and don't forget opportunity costs. I'm a firm believer in building in-house and augmenting uh -huh. or augmenting with an outside firm or starting with an outside firm while you build it in-house. That makes sense. Mike, if my listeners want to find out more about you online, how can they do so? Go to greenleads.com. They can hit me up on LinkedIn or email is Mike Farrell, F-A-R-R-E-L-L, Mike.Farrell, F-A-R-R-E-L-L, at greenleads.com. Perfect. We'll link all those links in the show notes. Mike, appreciate you coming on. Thanks so much for joining. All right. Great, Tyler. Thanks. Thank you. 
Thank you so much for listening to today's show. You can find all the links discussed and the show notes at thesaleslift.com. That's the, T-H-E, sales, S-A-L-E-S, lift, L-I-F-T, dot com. Have questions for me? Email me at tyler at thesaleslift.com. We look forward to seeing you back here next week. And we hope today's show brings you the sales lift your business needs. Remember, ideas plus action equals results. You've got new ideas. Now it's time to take action and the results will follow. See you next time. 